the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. Beverly Hills 90210 fans, welcome to 90210 No So, Beverly Hills 90210 podcast retrospective series. I am JT. Joining me, as always, on this program is my buddy Tim. Tim, how are you? I'm pretty good, JT, and we're rolling through season two. We have said a sad farewell to the Beach Club, mm. but we're not quite ready to start the new school year yet. We got one more episode to burn through here, and I don't know, it's kind of a low-key famous one, at least in my mind, uh, but we've got a... A good returning guest to help get us through it, returning from the first season. Who do we have, JT? It's our good buddy, Rocco Martone. Rocco, how are you? I'm very good, and I don't know if you noticed, but uh, my first episode, which did break my podcast cherry, was September of 2021, so I've been a PTV wow. knowing you guys for over a year, but I was also season one, episode seven. So Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I did do good. a second one in season one as well. I did the, the baseball yes. episode. You're only two away from the gold jacket. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Five. Yeah. See if you can be the first one there. I'll go. Three times. All right. All right. All right. So tonight we are covering season two, episode seven, Camping Trip, aired August 29th. Got a 17 uh, million viewers watching. So pretty good. That's a bounce back up from last episode. We've continued that wave, Tim, up and down, up and down so far in yeah. season two. I mean, and would this, be phenomenal yeah. by today's standards, kind of, you know, for back then. Um, good for this show, but not, you know, uh, not not a rating smash by any means. Nope, but strong. Uh, so this is the final official episode of the summer. Like you said, it's kind of a in-between summer ending and school beginning on the show. Our next episode will be two weeks later on September 12th. So by then you can figure we'll be back back at West Bev. Uh, but for now, we are just uh, meandering through this final dog day of the summer. And we open with Brenda and Brandon packing. Brenda's stressed about the room in their shared bag for all their clothes. Brandon has a terrible fedora on that he says is a lucky hat. It's awful. Continuing his tradition of stupid hats. Yes, yes. Uh, Donna and Steve are arguing as well because uh, all the luggage. Steve's trying to load it into this van he has. And uh, Donna's got about 35 bags, enough that would make Snooky proud. Kelly reveals that David has come along, too, to this trip because Mel and Jackie are going away for a hot weekend trip. David can't stay home alone, so he's now tagging along on the camping trip. Uh, Brenda reveals that Dylan's not coming because he's with his mom, who has moved back from Hawaii. So after his summer there, she's come back to California. Steve is just barreling Donna's luggage out of the van. He's like, you can't take all this shit. (laughs) Sure. I don't know if they even put it inside the Walsh house. I feel like he just leaves it on the freaking grass. In case you wouldn't even let her bring it. Uh, but Brandon... It across the lawn. It was kind of a cool moment. Brandon comes over and kind of sweet talks both of them into calming down. And he hugs and kisses Donna. Mm-hmm. And tells her she doesn't need any makeup. And she kind of swoons and caves. I like This felt like something that would have happened in later seasons. When they're all kind of more like super close friends. And mm-hmm. like do this kind of stuff. I, I felt like this felt early for Brandon to like... 
kind of be hugging and smooching Donna as a friend, you know? Like, she hasn't yeah. really been that established. If you had never watched this show before, you definitely would have thought they were a couple. Yeah, 100%. Right? Or just, like, like lifelong intense, friends. Yeah, yeah, like, that was a very, like, I was a little jealous. That was a very nice hug for a friend. Yeah, that was... We're overly familiar for this this early in the show, I agree. Yeah. But he had the touch. He, uh, <laughs> I got her off the ledge. Yeah, we haven't seen, like, Donna be like a brand and a buyer or anything, but she, she falls apart when he does it. <laughs> She's just like, okay. Uh, Dylan comes by the house. He's going to drop something off. He says his mom uh, told him his planetary alignment's off uh, or her planetary alignment's off. And now uh, she's going to see some cosmic mumbo. Actually, she did say his was, but now she's going to a cosmic mumbo jumbo convention. And Brandon says, well, if you're home alone anyway, you're supposed to spend time with her. You know, why don't you come on the trip and maybe we can realign your planets and get you in order. Uh, come have some fresh air. So Dylan caves. He says, okay, Steve, Steve's pissed again about having to rearrange all the bags now that Dylan's coming aboard, um, thinking it's more. Steve is like playing the role of the father of this trip, who's just like, wants to beat the traffic. He's angry Mad about that. Mad dad, Steve. <laughs> yeah, he's too much, too many bags. Like, he's, he's full on, uh, full on angry dad. Uh, back inside, Cindy's giving Brenda instructions about safety. Brandon tells them that Dylan's coming, so he tells Brenda, just kind of, you know, we're going to throw some extra clothes in the bag, and makes a joke and says, oh, actually, maybe you'd rather if Dylan didn't bring any clothes. Uh-huh. We come back outside. Steve is stressing over the rush hour traffic. Uh, Dylan goes to help Brenda finish, and she tells him she wants him to go, but it's a, you know, it's just a platonic trip. They're going to have separate cabins. They'll have a good time. And Dylan says, you know, you're just like your brother. You guys are basically twins. It's a joke. Uh, as we pan out of the room, we see that Brandon's boots and fedora get left behind. So we'll see if that plays a role later. Uh, Rocco, how would you think of the first couple scenes here to get us going as we're packing for the trip? It was interesting. Uh, Brandon still has his terrible football poster on the wall, which is insane. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing in the world. Uh, Steve has a great, like, sleazy uh, line about the removable seats. That, uh, yes. yeah. Even though he's going on oh, a yeah. trip with a bunch of his friends. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I did like the uh, the uh, <laughs> like everyone's very like teasing Brenda about possibly still wanting to fuck her ex-boyfriend, which is very uh, interesting to, to watch. Um, and uh, um, I, I like that Brenda was like being very mature about like him having like a, a fun time with his friends and kind of like really trying to push the platonic friendship that they have going. So I, don't know, I thought that was really mature, mature on her part. And uh, Brando uh, is uh, does like a patent speech right at the end <laughs> to rally the troops, <laughs> getting them all ready to go to uh, mm-hmm. Yosemite. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was a, a fun little scene. Uh, it was very chaotic, a lot of talking, and yeah. uh, re- really fun. Uh, real quick, why, does, why is Dylan called Jones by Brando? Yeah, I don't know. He... He says it a couple times. Yes, I feel like every now and then they break things out, like they're trying to get him over. We'll see if it actually holds up or if it was like a one-time thing. What was the one he said, Tim, with the surfing? That um, Remember, it was a couple um, episodes ago. He said something about yeah. it. It was some weird-ass word for surfing or whatever. Like, but yeah. it's like they try and get these different things over. I, I mean, is it an Indiana Jones thing? I, I don't know. Like It might just be like a really dated cultural reference, honestly, because you got to keep in mind these these are like, I was a wise writer. Famous Jones, but maybe, maybe that it had to be Indiana because me is like a kind of like on his own guy. I like a troubled yeah. soul. <laughs> I don't know. I, I did like Dylan literally just showing up to drop off gear, and then yes. they're like, "Hey, why don't you come?" And he's like, "All right, let me just, I'll, I'll go." Like, 
I like that spirit of Dylan's. I mean, I once went to Vermont because I met a friend on a lunch break at the store I worked at once. And I was like, I'm just going to go to Vermont for the weekend. And I just disappeared. So I like that spirit that he has because I, I definitely uh, was that same way in high school and a little after that. Yeah, I, I like the um, the setup of this scene where everyone's sort of settling into their roles. We we got we get a lot of exchange exchanges of information pretty quick, like. We established from the jump that that David is only going because he's pretty much been foisted on the king by Mel and Jackie. So it's that reminder that David isn't really part of the group yet, but he's he's sort of getting there. He's becoming more accepted. Um, it's it's not the worst thing in the world now that that they have to bring David along with them. Uh, and I like the fake out with Dylan, where it seems like this is going to be another episode where maybe he's absent for whatever contrived reason, mm-hmm. but no, he shows up and they, they, uh, they swerve us and he's, he's going to be along for this ride too. Um, I don't know the stuff with, um, with Dylan's mom, uh, Iris, who we have yet to meet, but apparently she has, uh, moved back from Hawaii to LA Dylan staying with her. I don't know that we, um, knew that prior to this, this episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, so her, um, her celestial bodies are all out of whack and Dylan's got a weird energy. So reading between the lines, you would think that if she cares for her son and if she's serious about all this woo, that, that she would invite Dylan along mm-hmm. for her little retreat so they can both get their heads cleared or whatever. But she's like, no, I got to get away from you. So that kind of tells you a little something about mom, right? And uh, we're gonna we're gonna follow up on that one later on in this episode, um, but yeah, he kind of brushes it off, and um, you know we're hitting the road here. I did have a question: up, why are Brandon and Brenda sharing one bag to to two people? Like, well, I think it was the space issue in the van, right? They they were told that they only had so much space, and then Donna tries to bring thirty bags, so Steve shuts that down. So I think it's, I think they probably said like, all right, we have this many people. We got to condense bags and share them. I feel like it's just not asking a lot that, okay, one bag per person. Once we're to the point of sharing a mm-hmm. bag, it's like, all right, maybe we need to rethink this. It's Beverly but Hills, whatever. baby. Yep. Donna needs her stuff. Yeah. Listen, that van fills up quick when you got seven people and bags in it. You know, not a ton of yeah. room. Yeah. I feel like there's been some Rosero family trips where you acted kind of like Steve, I'm, I'm thinking, Justin. Uh, <laughs> Turn shit out on the wall. Never know. <laughs> Drop kicking a- I did a road trip to uh, Orlando and on to Naples last year. Um, five of us in the car and bag. So, yes, I, I, I did learn about how to condense and, and manage. All right. Brandon fires up the crowd uh, about their freedom. He hypes him up to have a great final summer trip before school. So he's, he's trying to keep things upbeat and positive here. It's like, let's go have a good time. This is it. We're going back to school. Uh, we're driving. David starts to sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Kelly shuts him down immediately. <laughs> Uh, then we get kind of B-roll, the vans on the road. We hear the crew singing away the hours. And then we cut ahead to a monster thunderstorm. The crew is at a campsite. They're tucked under a firewood manger. They see a car that says just married go by. And Andrea calls out Steve for not trusting the weather report. Everyone's soaked. And Steve said, no, I saw the weather report. I just didn't believe it. And then he blames Brandon uh, because they saw someone on the side of the road that had broken down and they stopped to help them change a tire. Because of that, they missed the Tioga Pass before the storm. And the Tioga Pass closes, apparently, when this is a bad storm. So they can't get through. So now they're stuck here 
at what looks to be a motel slash campsite. So Brenda and Dylan go inside to talk to the owner. They tell him there's one cabin left. They go inside and there's a big leak. So water's pouring down into buckets. We get David doing a video as usual. He's narrating it. Kelly tells him to shut up. Brandon's trying to remain positive, but no one else is having it. Uh, the firewood is all soaked. There's no hot water. The toilet seat has splinters in it. Andrea sees a giant spider. Uh, Brenda kills it, but then sees an empty mouse trap with nibbled cheese, meaning the mouse escaped. Uh, could be anywhere. Brandon wants to go get firewood, but he sees that his boots are gone. And Brenda reveals that they're by the bed. And Brandon says, where? And she goes, your bed at home. And Steve starts laughing as Brandon finally snaps and just lays it to Brenda. Uh, so, Tim, that's a pretty fun little comedy of errors to this point with things slowly going downhill as the crew realizes this trip is now doomed. Um, they're going to be stuck in this leaky cabin with probably no food and overnight at least so the storm passes. And I like Brandon and staying positive until Brenda fucked up yeah. and left his boots behind and it just snaps. Uh, the snap for Brandon came sooner than I thought. Usually in these mm. kind of things, they it builds before the snap. But um, so I thought it was pretty fun. We don't, we haven't really seen something like this on the show, uh, with the whole crew involved in one thing, in it becoming like just a mess. Like we haven't really had that yet. Yeah, I definitely like this conceit of everybody being forced together, kind of under one roof. It's and it's a total powder keg, right? It's it's kind of that kind of that Breakfast Club sort of situation with the difference being these guys are all friends already and know each other but um to your point we haven't seen them in this kind of setting it's all been everybody's off doing their own thing and maybe they they come together at the end but this is an entire episode devoted to the gang together being the gang and by the way um andrea is here i'm not sure i'd (laughs) I'm not sure I, I noticed her presence um, at the Walsh residence uh, before that scene where we see them uh, huddled together mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in the storm. So it was like, oh, I guess Andrea went along with them, too. So, um, yeah, this, these are all our, our principal cast members. Um, and this is going to uh, generate a lot of excitement and conflict throughout our episode. We learn a little bit about um, each character, I feel like, you know, Andrea with her fear of spiders and Brenda with her fear of mice. It seems like I kind of related to that one, having a, a mice, a mouse situation. I won't say infestation, but definitely had to kill some mice in my home uh, a couple years ago. It was not fun. Um, you didn't, you didn't, but yeah, Andrew, I just, you didn't see Andrea in the first scene because when she, <laughs> when Brandon was dry humping Donna, she like ran and put her hand through a car windshield. <laughs> she was so angry. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, she had to make herself scarce after that. Yeah. Um, but I just I just like these little these little details we get. Like this is nothing. There's no heavy lifting really done right. in the scene, but just getting these these little snippets, these little insights into each character's life and how they feel about this situation, and you know, Brandon trying to keep his cool, and then finally blowing up. So now everybody's pissed and miserable. So I love it. Rocco, um, can you relate to any of this? I, I did like, yeah I could um I like the like Justin was saying like you don't get a lot of chance to, like where it's almost like an episode of everyone loves Raymond where they're just in that living room for 22 minutes oh, like God. we're yeah. we're getting these characters just in a room together and it's it's almost setting up I think I'd mentioned this like a bottle episode where you think it's going to happen it doesn't happen but right. it is really cool to see them interacting in this big scene together and uh uh, it was neat, and it's just laying little moments. And when the Brandon, who's literally given the patent speech before, snaps, 
and it's kind of early, you're like, all right, well, yeah. this trip is off the rails rather quick. And the idea of anyone eating any of that camp wet camping food is disgusting to me. Like, <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. But I did like the agency Brenda took, where she wants, she's like, I'll just, I'll fucking kill that fucking spider. I don't give a shit. Right. Like, just gets on that. Doesn't take any guff, which is kind of how it works in a lot of uh, relationships. I know where the the woman of the relationship takes care of the the creepy crawlies in the house. So. <laughs> well, the food is soaking wet. <clears throat> David is shocked that no one brought a C- CD player. He's like, I just want to hear some music. Donna said she's missing TV and TV Guide. And she doesn't even care if she can watch it, just like knowing what's on. Uh, Donna does say she has a Walkman. They can take turns. Steve calls her stupid. And Kelly says not as stupid as driving through a storm. Steve wants to go get beer, but Brendan says, uh, Brendan, Brandon says no. And Steve says, okay, Dylan, do you want to go? Brendan gets pissed. Like, you know, he's, you know, a recovering alcoholic asshole. And Dylan says he can speak for himself and says, no, not right now. David says he'll go, and Steve says they're all deadbeats now, uh, but we'll be excited when the six-packs come out. I like the six-packs come rolling out. The six-packs. Donna wants to come because, uh, basically, she has to get tampons. She tries to dodge around it, but they keep grilling her why she needs to go to the store. Brandon's still pissed about his boots. Uh, Brenda blames Dylan's clothes, and... uh, you know, indirectly, he kind of says, well, you know, we had to make room and then realizes what she's saying. Dylan says, well, maybe Brandon could have had his lucky charms and not a cosmic jinx if I didn't come. And he storms <laughs> off. It's a ridiculous line. He's still but, thinking very yeah. metaphysically like his mom's influence, right? He's the cosmic. Yeah, big time. Yeah, he's a jinx and Brandon's lucky hat is gone. Uh, Brenda catches up with Dylan and apologizes and says, look, we all have to mellow out. But Dylan isn't feeling being the life of the party. He doesn't want to be the life of the party. As they're talking, there's a woman at the soda machine. She bums a quarter for Brenda. And they piece together. She's the new bride from the honeymoon car we saw earlier. In comes her groom. He brings her a coat, and they're all lovey-dovey. They don't seem to be too sad to be stuck there in the rain. And Brenda kind of gives Dylan a look like, see? Like, you know, they're they're making the best out of it. Why can't we? Um, we'll see more on that in a moment. So, Rocco, any quick thoughts on those couple scenes? Yeah, a woman on her honeymoon dressed like Ebenezer Scrooge was quite the, uh, the look. <laughs> Um, I don't know why that was such a a look for her. Uh, The dude has no interest in those kids at all. He is a horny, horny man. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, Steve, like, being a real piece of shit, just that stupid. Mm -hmm. But you do, like, the music David would put on, you know is fucking terrible. You know Mm -hmm. it's going to be rotten. Um, It's going to be New Jack Swing, easy. Oh, God, you know it's so bad. Like, I get it, but come on. Um, I do like Donna's optimism. She just wants to read the TV guide. I feel the same way. I like reading the TV guide. So, uh, yeah, just a, it's you know, just setting everything up. I wish I was that person who still like had old TV guides. Like oh, I, I, have I know a, that I have, that's I have a ton of them. I I sent images. Yeah. To, I know that I... most people would consider that a sickness, but I but I I do think <laughs> there's um a certain value. Newspapers, no, like whatever, like who cares? But TV guy, like I don't know, it's kind of a TV junkie that. I think there's some historical value in that. Anyway, I, I, um, real quick, real quick uh, Kelly calls uh-huh. Steve and David Mutt and Jeff. Mm, Mutt and Jeff, thought, yeah. Which is a thing I like because a lot of times people like to shit on the uh, the time frames of references. And I believe there's a reference later that is a little older that we'll talk about. But Mutt and Jeff were like a cartoon that everyone growing up in, like these characters would know that, even though it's a character that was created in like, I believe like the early 1900s. It was like a newspaper character. Yeah. Right. And it was just like a mismatched duo. And I was called Mutt and Jeff a million times by oh, yeah. my grandparents, Easy. my mother. I didn't even uh-huh. know what that was until I was older. 
But I love little things like that, especially now, because when people who don't know, you would like to think maybe look it up. But it's funny. You didn't know what that was, but you know what it means. Like, even just yeah, the, the terminology, it, like, look at Mutt and Jeff. Well, those are two different names. And you could kind of get that they're just like a mismatched pair. And I like that. I think that's neat. And it probably would, I'm probably, I'm sure it wouldn't mean anything to kids these who are the age of, of the gang today. But back then, yeah, I mean, everyone would have known what that meant. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of a, one of those dated references that that sort of works um, and is believable um, in the context, in the time frame of uh 1991 speaking of 1991 uh david uh wanting that uh that cd player um i don't know i would think of that as kind of a luxury these are rich beverly hills kids but um i certainly uh i mean certainly was not rocking like a portable cd player uh or even a walkman which donna has um in 1991 good lord i mean the 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 wealth on display here is just i mean I'm sure there's bass boost on that too, right? I bet you there is. Yeah, it might even have like an AM/FM dial, or that thing that um, like uh, stabilizes it mm-hmm. and it bumps in the car. That's the oh thing. wow, yeah, yeah. I miss my walk. Uh, it's skip through. <laughs> I do too. I really do. Um, but anyway, really uh, sorry, <laughs> Steve. Um, yeah, it's kind of a real asshole here, kind of pushing the alcohol on Dylan, not taking his uh, his. Recovery and seriously. Brandon. Um, and, he gets yeah, busy with Brandon, Brandon too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, Brandon's a little um, corny though. Like, come on, you drank one time, fill the fuck out. My drinking days are over. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, bit. yeah. He knows it's a big deal to Brandon, even though maybe it doesn't need to be so much. But he's talking about not only like recruiting these guys to uh, help him buy beer, but even if they don't, like he, if he's successful, he's gonna break open the six packs, as he says, mm. you know, in front of these guys who would like rather avoid that temptation, I'm sure. So I don't know. Um, that's yeah, it's one thing at a party. It's another thing when these guys are locked in a cabin with you. That's when you're, point. yeah, you're stuck under one roof. Yeah. You really can't get away from it. So yeah. Um, ten- tensions flaring here throughout this, uh, this scene. All right. Well, <clears throat> Steve fails to buy beer. Uh, he's tried twice, even offered to uh, double the costs and said he'd pay up. But the guy, you know, standing by the law here. We see an old couple drive up. Steve goes over and asks them to buy for him. They agree because he told them they can keep the change. We go over to the cabin. The girls are playing cards. Andre's barking orders at Brandon about how to start a fire, but he's still in a mood. Dylan tells him to go get wood from the honeymooners and Brandon and Andre head off. They knock on the door and ask to dry wood. We find out the guy's name is Neil. He's a little shaky at first, but Allison invites them in. The cabin's pretty great. They got all the amenities. Allison offers them to join in a toast and offers them some hot chocolate. Neil seems kind of aggravated about this move. A little put out back to the, uh, convenience store. The old couple run out to the car behind Steve while he's talking and drive off. So they take off with Steve's money, doesn't give him the beer, and then the store closes immediately after the sign flips. Uh, and as that happens, the storm fires back up and it starts to rain. So tough, tough night here for Steve, uh, David, and, and Donna outside the store. Allison, uh, back at the cabin, tells Brandon and Andre the story about how they met. Neil is completely bored out of his mind on the couch. Brandon asks how they were sure, and they say, you just have to go with your gut. Neil basically just says, fuck it, and starts humping her as Brandon and Andre take off. Everyone now is back at the cabin. Steve says he can't wait to be 21 so he could buy beer. And they all start to talk about the things they do when they're older. 
They said they can drink and go to clubs. They can vote. Of course, that's Andrea. Dylan asks Steve the meaning of life, and Steve says he's got no clue. Kelly makes a joke about it and says love is the meaning of life. They all kind of give her shit over that. Andrea agrees. Steve chuckles. Dylan says love can't buy you dinner, and survival is the real key to life. Love just gets in the way, confuses, and scatters people. Brenda says, well, the newlyweds disagree. Steve makes a joke about sex. If you remember, he said sex was out. Last It was the last episode, so Steve's in a weird place with sex. Yes. Brenda says Allison and Neil can tune out the cold and be happy together. But then there's a knock on the door, almost right on time. Allison comes in. She's crying. She says Neil's a stupid idiot and asks if she can crash with the crew. Uh, we got a lot coming up in this next scene, Rocco. So any, any quick hitters on the convenience store scene and then Allison arriving at the cabin? Oh, Donna did get her tampons, but the... I guess I guess following the teacher from last episode, we just have an adult willing to fuck his wife in front of teenagers. <laughs> That's an in, just full on, not even a fucking. I don't even know what that guy was thinking. That was a little uh, outrageous. He just was like, "Fuck this shit." I mean, they're literally eat, drinking co- hot cocoa on the couch, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "Well, I'm gonna fuck my wife on the couch." Um, yeah, um, Dylan had a little sass to Brando when he was t- when he was trying to make the fire, which I liked. Like he's even a little fed up with everyone, even Brandon. And that's like his guy, you know, I could see him being pissed at everyone else, but he's kind of like him and watching uh, Andre and Brandon fight over the fire and brilliant. You see, there's a cutaway to Dylan. He's he's just frustrated and, you know, it starts to boil up and we're going to get to a real boiling point with that soon. But uh, yeah, uh, interesting Steve, <laughs> Steve, cosmic Steve, as Dylan calls Steve as well. So <laughs> lots of lots of teenage philosophies coming out here and uh, a really sweet Andrea moment where she uh, talks about. Her beliefs in it being love, even though she can't prove it empirically, she believes that's the way it is, which I, I think that's kind of sweet of her. It's on brand for her. Um, I, I uh, also thought it was on brand for Steve to admit I have no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> so I, I like how, again, this tells you a little something about each character's personality. Um, but I, I love the scene where it's just going around the room. Um, and these are just like kids, friends shooting the shit. Like I could have done with a whole like, 50 minutes of just this to be honest with you um where it you know was truly just a bottle episode no external conflict just these guys sitting around talking about life or what whatever and um i really didn't need the inclusion of this newlywed couple neil and allison i just i don't think they really add anything to this episode it just it feels like they're sort of shoehorned in because Mm. They need some kind know, of conflict. They, yeah, like the writers maybe don't have confidence that just the gang and, and their relationships amongst each other are enough to carry the episode. Like they need something to bounce off of, you know? Like and you I said, just, like it's interesting because like a, like a Days to Confuse had just come out. Like you're saying, if it had just been that for the like the middle part of the show. I mean, yeah, I just the whole well talking that, heads thing. Yeah, right, I don't just, know how well that would go over, but it would have just been fascinating because like you said, I was really into watching that part happen and unfold and yeah. it really could have been interesting to watch that and just i mean we've all been teenagers and philosophized out of your ass and we've all done it right in a camp mm-hmm. or a, a beach or a basement or somewhere you know just a park so it's very on brand for being a teenager at that point so i exactly. did really enjoy it exactly yeah i think but, it's yeah. meant for i think i think the couple's there to show them a different view right of a, what a relationship could be kind of justifying both sides but also mm-hmm. let them you know play a role and getting this couple back on track as well to show that they're a little bit wise as well. Yeah. And they're kind I of the catalyst for it. Dylan going off the deep end too. Like they kind of, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think and we yeah. could have gotten there without them as all. Well. I just probably. I, I, yeah. I felt it. I felt it was more intrusive and took away from the parts that I was just more actively engaged with throughout this episode. It made it feel more sticky and like sitcommy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Alice is talking a moment. Uh, she says Neil's a fool. She hates his guts. Dylan's happy to have his point proved. Alice says the Neil got her pregnant, and she found out last week it was going to tell him tonight. But then he reiterated he doesn't want children. Dylan says they don't need a TV. This is like Days of Our Lives. And Donna says, no, actually, it's more like Young and the Restless. Neil shows up. Brandon does a terrible Ricky Ricardo accent, but which I don't oh, know where God. that came from. Yeah. Like, it was – it, it might have been up there with Brenda driving the race car. It was like one of the worst things we've seen so far on this show. Hey, Lucy, it, I'm home, or whatever the hell he said. I don't even know. what He does it very <laughs> Michael Scott style where he does the actual line, but then he just throws in a babaloo at the end where it's like he's just throwing every line he knows from the character <laughs> into it. He's like, uh, babaloo? Like, he just throws it in at the end. So it was bad. Yeah. It was so out of nowhere. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. Allison bails to the bathroom. Neil doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's aggravated that all these kids know her personal secret. He doesn't. David gets his camera. He says this is too good not to record. Steve says that Neil should stick to his guns. He shouldn't be groveling. And Brandon agrees. Says it's Allison's fault for withholding information. Allison doesn't want to go back to her cabin. Andrea says they need to talk. Neil says, then why are we doing this in front of strangers? David asks him to stand closer together for his camera shot. Neil asks her if it's her time of the month. Then she punches him and goes back to the bathroom. He says it too with the Ricky Bob. He's like, with all due respect, <laughs> uh, is it your time of the month? Andrea asks him to leave uh, and leave her alone. It says he's getting counseling from teenagers. Kelly says a lot of them have been through a divorce and separation is no fun. Neil says he doesn't want a divorce. Brandon says, look, take a seat. Wait it out, buddy. Donna asks if anyone knows about divorce songs, uh, any divorce songs they can sing. Kelly tells Neil uh, whose parents are together a divorce. They kind of raise hands and they talk about all their experiences being part of separated families. Dylan says he believes it's better to split up than spend their lives fighting. Kelly doesn't necessarily agree with that. Pretty intense scene. Um, I think it's well done to show how affected they've all been by these decisions throughout their lives. I think it adds more depth to these characters that'll you know linger over them. We already saw that with Steve last season with the prom episode with his parents' divorce, you know, played on him. We're seeing it more here now, too. We saw Kelly, too, recently with that. David says his dad became a jerk. Uh, and Donna says it takes two to tangle. Tangle. <laughs> she says it's not tangle. tangle. It's tangle. Great malapropism by uh, Archie Bunker style by Donna. There. <laughs> David says this is dad's midlife crisis would never end. Neil says they're not planning to have kids. And Allison gets aggravated again. And Neil says, you're the one who said you don't want kids. I didn't fit your lifestyle. Neil says he loves kids, but other people's kids because they go home at the end of the day. That doesn't make him a bad person. Just a bad father to be. Neil then puts the puzzle together and says, oh, my God, as the thunder cracks. Neil says he thought Allison wasn't able to get pregnant. Allison says it must have been a misdiagnosis. Dylan's had it with a soap opera. He says, I'm going to your cabin to get away, which is kind of ballsy. Like, I I guess they're in his, but he's like, I'm going to your nice cabin. Fuck off. Uh, Kelly says, why is Dylan being so antisocial? And Brenda goes to see what's up. Uh, So, Tim, what did you think of this whole scene here with Neil and Allison's fight? Um, I think you you put it best. It's just very shticky. It's very sitcomy. This Neil and Allison stuff, where it's like one of them enters the cabin and kind of unloads on the kids, and then she goes off in another room. The other guy shows up. It's just like just this comedy of errors, right? We're just there's miscommunications back and forth, and I don't know. I didn't really need any of it, but um, I uh, I definitely did appreciate Kelly being the one to uh 
keep the scorecard on everyone's divorces and the way she kind of casually runs through it. Um, that definitely popped me. It, it felt like classic Kelly where she would every now and then deliver one of those zingers that, you know, without even really trying would be really funny. Um, I did take note of uh, David, who's, uh, I guess, his freshest, his, his divorce experience is um, the newest of, of the group. But um, I don't know. It seems to me that um, we, no need to get into it now. But um, uh, his relationship with his parents is going to be pretty dramatically retconned later mm-hmm. in the show in terms of how they split and just why. I don't know. But um it was just interesting to, to take note of that. Um, so we're, we're going to see, I don't know, a different spin on this, uh, years down the line. Um, at least with respect to David, uh, Dylan's body language throughout, like pretty much all of the cabin scenes is really, um, I don't know if that's a deliberate, like they directed him this way, or if that was just a, Luke Perry kind of taking the initiative, but if you notice, um, I mean, pretty much from the moment they enter the cabin, all he does is lie vertically on the bed with his head propped up. Um, he gets a few lines in here and there, but like he virtually is immobile for the entirety of this. Mm -hmm. And when he finally does make a move, boy, is it impactful? Cause he just kind of like springs up and it's like a pot boiling over, right. Where he just explodes and, and runs out of the cabin. And I don't know. It's like, I, I think that carried a lot more weight than if he had been much like the rest of the gang, more animated moving about. But I mean, he's just like, he barely register his presence barely registers until it really registers. Right. And, um, I just thought that was such a, whether it was his choice or the director's or what, just a, a really effective, re- really effective performance by uh, Luke Perry. I, I think it really ties into when he was getting a lot of James Dean comparisons back in the day, mm-hmm. and that's a very James mm-hmm. Dean thing to be very sedentary and then have moments that, like, of... like minimalism, right? Yeah, and then erupt with emotion. That was a very big thing that he did that kind of helped usher in that era of, like, over-emoting acting, so... I think that would, uh, I, when I was watching this, I was really thinking like, this is the template for the ultra brooding Dylan. I know he's been brooding before, yeah. but this really kind of has a, a lot and we'll see it more later too. Um, I thought it was strange that the guy was like, you're, we're doing this in front of strangers, but like they're kids. Right. <laughs> not not right. Doing yeah. this in front of children. We're doing not this in front so of much, strangers. Yeah. Like, strangers. Well, the thing is, I get the vibe that I, I don't think they're that old either. That's the vibe I get because the, the way they act feels like they don't see a big age gap between these kids and them. Like, I mean, they present her as like being like pretty successful or at least career oriented. She's like like, a Victorian ghost. So in law, but I think so. But uh, my prediction is like, they're only like supposed to be like very early twenties. So when you're early twenties, like you don't see a huge gap between 22 and 17. You know what I mean? It's like they're 40. I think they're written to be uh, younger than they look, which, you know, yeah, I do. I do like that. The idea, like I know divorce has been divorce, divorce has been talked about, but in the early 90s, that was a major thing that was mm-hmm. fairly new. Like I knew every kid in my friend group in like up to like eighth grade, maybe before high school, whose parents had a divorce. I could tell you that like three names right now to this day. And it was scandalous mm-hmm. to a point. And like my parents got divorced right around this time that this episode would have happened. And then they lived together for a couple of years. So that's why I'm so fucked up. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, like so to have people talking about it, like it's one of those things too. Like you're saying, without the extraneous plot elements, if they had just talked about that, I mean they've mm-hmm. done it before, but yeah, like Tim was saying before, the whole just sitting around and chatting about it, and it's uh, it's interesting. And uh, yeah, uh, David also like I don't know if it's supposed to be his immaturity, but this guy's life is falling apart, and he just goes, I got to get this on film with my camera. <laughs> like, like he should have just been punched in the face by that fucking dude. But I guess he's very contemporaneous to the today's society, right? It's something <laughs> yes. that you grab a camera. Yeah, right. yep. Dylan's pouting in the honeymoon suite. Brenda wants to know what's up. He says he's not into psychodrama and they shouldn't have gotten married. Brenda says not every couple's doomed, but Dylan doesn't believe it. Dylan says Brenda has it all. And his mom's a looney tune. His dad's in jail. And she shouldn't get on him about having a negative attitude. Brenda says he has good things, like his friends. All the guys love him. The girls want to be with him. Dylan says, every girl but one, the one I want. And she said, they decided to see other people. But Dylan said, no, you decided that because you thought it was better for you. Dylan says, Brenda cares about her, but he's too intense. Neil and Allison come back, and they're in love again. They're excited to be parents now. They said they'll be ready. Dylan grills Neil about being ready. Neil says it'll be their problem to figure out. And Dylan says, no, it's the kid's problem. And you better decide to have that baby or give it up or have an abortion. Because he knows what it's like to grow up by feeling like you're a mistake. And then he goes leaving before Neil throws down on him. Neil's not happy. <laughs> Brenda goes back and everyone preps her bed. Dylan wanders through the woods. He sits fridge on a tree. Pulls out a small bottle of alcohol and very dramatically chugs it. Uh, the quick tip of the bottle to suck it down was, was pretty funny. Uh, definitely played like someone who hadn't really done that much in his life probably to this point. But Very silent movie acting on that. Uh... Yes. He does like a quick like flip of his wrist. <laughs> yeah. You got to make it count, you know. Make it look good for the camera. And he's so cold. I, no, sorry. Got... It's frigid. It's freezing out. It's so cold. I am. The next morning, Brandon heads to the van. He doesn't find Dylan, but he does see him out on the tree. Brandon says he slept great, actually, and Dylan reveals he had a drink. He found the the nips in the honeymoon cabin. Dylan says everything got to him yesterday, and Brandon says, look, you were clean for so long. And Dylan says, yep, just add it to my list of failures. Brandon says, uh, you know, how do you feel now? It's the shining sun. The air is fresh. And Dylan says he actually feels okay. Brandon says, you beat your demons. Dylan says, no, I didn't. Brandon says they can call it a tie then. Dylan has to stop beating himself up. It's a sore spot. His mom let him down again. Dylan says he's mad he let his guard down and let her back in. And Brandon says, you know, maybe you should be honest with her. But Dylan doesn't see the point in doing that. Brandon says his parents should be helping him, meaning Dylan's parents. And Dylan says, yeah, but I'm going to stop expecting it. Brandon says he has his back. They should go find a trail and take a hike together. And Dylan is in. So, Rocco, any thoughts up until uh, pre-hike here? Besides Dylan being a pussy about the cold, um... There was a weird thing where the bottles Dylan has in his hands are wild turkey bottles, but they do a, a close-up mm. insert, and they're Jack Daniels bottles, which I noticed. Um, I worked in a liquor store for many years, uh, so I noticed that. But I really liked the scenes of him coming out and kind of talking to Dylan, and the he's, like, shocked that he puked, and it's, like, the it, it's not the alcohol. But I, I really enjoyed the moments of him talking to Dylan about his feelings and his mother and really asking questions and these are questions guys don't usually ask each other, especially back then. And then, yes, like where and it's a thing that permeates to this day where the idea of men are not allowed to ask each other their feelings and how they feel about things and how things have affected them. It's more rub some dirt on it. Let's get the fuck like, you know, whatever. Hug it out, which it means we're not going to talk about it. We're going to do this fake embrace. And I think seeing this portrayed here it was really cool, especially for two dudes that back then who were you know a show that was super popular i don't think it ever affected culture i don't think i don't know if it did 
but it really was cool to me to watch that happen because it's something that I notice as I've gotten older that I try to do more with my friends. And I notice a lot of people still are not comfortable doing that. So I think it's really cool to watch that scene. We're going to see more of that. And I think that's what the main thing of this episode is, is watching these two men or young men engaging in that way and being empathetic to each other and showing their insecurities and putting aside their own self-interests and forming a real friendship and Mm -hmm. being a real friend to a person, not just a buddy or a pal or a macho dude friend. So I really liked the beginning of that. That was a really hit me in a a cool spot uh, emotionally and mentally when I was watching this. I kind of had a similar reaction uh, to this myself where Dylan is this character. We, you don't necessarily think of as being, an introvert because he's so cool, right? He seems just so, um, you know, you want to be like him, you want to be around him. But when you get right down to it, uh, he's a guy who's pretty introspective and he seems much, much more comfortable and more of like a one-on-one setting than, than a, in a group, um, scenario. Right. So, from the time he arrives in the cabin, we talk about how, he, you know, he's just laying on the bed. He's not real active. He's not up and about. He's not socializing. Like, he just seems very uncomfortable. And he, he's trying to be a good sport, but it's not really working. He's not in a good headspace. And he puts up with it for, like, as long as he can. And he finally just has to get the hell out of there. And, uh, I mean, that's something, like, I've definitely been there where I just, you know, tried to just go along for the ride, even though even though... Mm-hmm. I wasn't maybe in the most social mood. Like I'm pretty introverted myself and it, you do get to a point where you're just like, all right, I gotta not because anybody did anything to, right. to necessarily set me off, but I, I just have to remove myself from the situation. Cause it's, I just, that anxiety is just getting to be too much. So um, his anxiety was kind of giving me anxiety, but in a very relatable way. Um, so have I, I you ever appreciated. Have yeah, you guys yeah. ever been in a moment where you really felt like you would have, benefited from having a friend that was a contemporary of yours coming up to you and yeah just asking yeah. or bridging sure. and just saying like your parent your mom like when he says like your mom really let you down huh like no no mm. no one's ever said that to anybody i known about when their parents got divorced right. and their father fucked them over didn't come to practice you know what i mean like it's just stuff that doesn't get said a lot so it's, it's like a very positive representation of this like masculine vulnerability that again you don't you don't i mean fuck you don't see it today 1991 um this was not this was not common of 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 the culture you know this was not something you saw on television but this is this is their relationship this is brandon and dylan and how and it feels true to uh their history as well um that brandon is the one who can kind of diffuse this for Dylan and, and kind of sh- right. help him shake this off, even though, yeah, he did fall off the wagon and that's a big deal, right? Like we haven't seen, we haven't really seen that happen for this character who we know is in recovery, who goes to meetings. And I, I mean, as dramatic as it was, it, honestly, if anything, it, it made me kind of want to drink the way that he <laughs> so <laughs> lovingly embraced those uh, airplane bottles of wild Turkey or whatever it was. But, um, you know, that, that's a big, big deal for this character. And well, we know he looks of, up to Brandon, too, like, and admires. He looks like up that, to Brandon. In yeah, a that's been way. a thing. Yeah, that's been a thing recently mm-hmm. where he, you know, he's pretty much said it. Like, I hang around with you guys because it's normal. I don't have normal, and you keep me yeah. on the straight and narrow. You right? Walsh people, so, yeah. yeah. Kind of. I didn't I have anybody before you. 
Yeah, and there's the idea of like in your life, there's your family, but a lot of people who don't have families or have troubled families, it's the friends you make will become your family, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. and also sometimes I think with Dylan, sometimes you meet a person in your life that seems like an old friend when you meet them right. immediately. And I yeah. think that's what Dylan had with Brandon. And that was why this relationship is so important with him because it was mm -hmm. fast friends and it's a it was very strong for him. And it's like, you see, yeah, it's a great way to say it. It just was a normal friendship that he had that he really looks up to this guy and and brandon on his for his part didn't judge him for falling off the wagon didn't nope. judge him about being a, a little bit of a pain in the ass during the the weekend he just said talk man talk to me what do you got what's going on david's upbeat he's narrating his videos everyone's waking up miserably steve stuffy says he's gonna he said it's not a cold it's just allergies or whatever uh kelly mocks him as he's clearing his sinuses they all fantasize about getting room service. Steve says there's some cheese in the mousetrap if you're really hungry. Uh, they realize then that Brandon, Dylan, and the van are gone. We cut to Brandon and Dylan. They're on a mountain. Dylan says he loses faith in himself too much. They walk over to a stream, and Brandon slips in his sneakers and hurts his ankle, but he pushes on. Dylan says he can't picture his future. Brandon tells him the future is now, and they're in awe of the view. Brandon slips and slides at that point, again, in these stupid sneakers because he doesn't have his hiking boots. But this time, he slips off the edge of a cliff. Brandon is hanging by a fingernail. He's dangling. Dylan's barking at him, and he finally spots him. Brandon tells him to get back because the ledge is going to give. Brandon's sneaker falls off and goes flying down into the gulch below. Dylan begs him not uh, to let go of his hand, uh, let go of the rock and grab his hand. Brandon's scared to do it, but he finally does. Dylan encourages him. And uh, able to grab Brandon's hand and pulls him to safety. Uh, a pretty scary scene. I think it was well done. You know, they, they shot it well. You kind of buy into it for a second there. Obviously, you know, Brandon's not going to die, but man, maybe he falls and gets hurt. They regroup. Uh, they chat after, and Brandon thanks him. And Dylan says, don't hug me, you're filthy. The crew is uh, back at the cabin. They're waiting impatiently. Andrea says the lodge owner warned of rock slides due to the rain. David is getting hangry. Brandon and Dylan finally show back up in the van, and Steve is happy. There's no scratches. Brendan wants to know what happened, and Brandon says, hey, we were just hanging out. And him and Dylan kind of do a comedy routine about it, and Brandon says, they'll just explain later. We should get going. Dylan apologizes to Brenda, but she tells him to forget it, and they make up. Brenda says she knew Dylan would be okay because Brandon was with him, and Dylan kind of laughs that off. Obviously, it was the other way around. Dylan sees Neil and Allison leaving, so he heads over to apologize to them, and they say, hey, no, it's okay. You actually gave us a lot to think about. Dylan says, good luck, and if you have a boy, maybe you could name him Dylan. The crew loads up the van. They're feeling good. They start to head out to stop for breakfast. We then cut over to Andrea and Brandon, kind of flirting by a tree. Brandon says, hey, he's okay, and he gives her a big hug, and she's all smile. So they don't really say much here, but you take this as like a near-death experience for Brandon. Makes him feel like maybe and, – and after seeing Allison and um, Neil thinking maybe, okay – like, I'm into this girl. I'm just going to make my move. Life's too short. Like, that's the vibe you get at the end of this episode here, Rocco. Yeah, it was a really sweet, like, little hug. I mean, I, he already got mm -hmm. a little piece of Donna. Maybe he's just super horny uh, in this little time frame. <laughs> um, I, I like... Uh, first off, David called it Huckamuck Lodge. I yes, believe. yes. Huckamuck Lodge, yep. Interesting name for that. Um, yeah, this is the whole scene with them hanging off the, the cliff. It seemed like a very, like... Like uh, his, like he's uh, Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son, hanging off the cliff. <laughs> what a reference! <laughs> but uh, first off, that's impossible. No human could hang by one hand on the with unless they're like a super like ninja warrior person. But uh, I liked it. 
I'm assuming there was like a grip throwing those foam rocks at Brandon from that great point of view <laughs> that he was uh, dangling, which I'm sure maybe Jason Priestley was a bit of a dick to some of those guys, and they probably enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, it was just really sweet the way they, they save each other's lives. And uh, um, and the thing we're doing, like, it's a great little thing that's a TV thing where Brenda's like, well, thank God you had Brandon. He's like, yep, thank God I did. And he could have been like, well, quite honestly, but no, he just, you know, just it's just a very peaceful way to end the episode that way. Um, what was the end ahead joke? I got two hand, two legs, two arms. I didn't get that, that at all. That's the little have, comedy routine. Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah you mentioned it. It feels again very the type Something. of thing they would do later in this show. There's little inside jokes between characters. Um, I thought with the cliff they were trying to do some sort of butching Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid mm. thing with him, but I don't think uh, that was in that be. movie at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the sometimes I lose faith in myself. Wine by Dylan was pretty cool too. I like that. So yeah, this whole mm. part of the movie was a very like it's like a very anti, like it has this action sequence at the end, which just comes out of nowhere. Which in my mm. brain I thought was almost the entire show, but it ends this way. But it actually, mm-hmm. you know, it, it redeems. I don't know. It's just a really neat scene. It's almost like an anti Jaws or anti Goodfellas or something where it's like this action scene that's happening in this non ultra macho thing. I don't know. I thought it was really neat. I like the ending, and I like how they uh, they do their little dangling bags thing, and they do like a like a what would they call that? Like a huddle high five thingy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Mm. And uh, Dylan does a really awkward w- limb movement thing at the end, which I'm sure Tim didn't enjoy at all. But uh, yeah, oh, everyone's cool. just happy to be alive at the end, and uh, yeah, it was kind of neat. And the the Brandon Andrea is almost like the uh, the cliffhanger, right? Like you think maybe that's. That's maybe where it this felt is- that way. Like they want to tease you. We got two week layoff, like a Labor Day in between. I headed back to school. Yeah, I think that's the main. I think it's there's two cliffhangers here. It's Brenda and Dylan. Are they going to get back together? And yeah, our Brandon and Andrea going to become a thing. Those seem to be where we're headed. And Dylan called Brenda babe still, which was interesting to me. Like he's still calling her babe. Which well, is, he's uh, all in. Like he right, he never yeah. wanted to break up. It's all her. So he's. I think he's acting business as usual. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and how much of this was his mom and how much of this is just still residual? Because there's that great line that he has where uh, Brenda, which I think a lot of this episode is about, too, where she's like, you have the perfect life and all the guys, all the girls want to be with you and all the guys love you. So and he's like, he's that great line was like every girl but one. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. obviously, he does a deep one. But uh, I think the way the episode with him and Brandon is like all the guys love you, too. And that's kind of what the ending with the cliff is about and him and Brandon, right, where. His friend does love him, and that's important, but there's still that one girl, you know, so he's still conflicted, and that's still a thing that's going to happen next. So he still has oh, the yeah, reaffirming he's... that his friend still, he's uh, his buddy loves him, but the one that is still not, that has still gotten away. Yeah, he's he's going, Dylan is going through it for sure um, in these first seven episodes. Um, like you, Rocco, I, I think I remembered this episode being a little bit more, for lack of a better term, outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I thought that that, uh, that third act where it's, you know, just Brandon and Dylan hiking was more of the overall episode than it was just the gang huddled mm-hmm. together in this cabin. So, um, I was picturing like I an just, old million dollar man episode where they're just like roaming through the woods, looking after Bigfoot the whole time. Really? Yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah. Have a Bigfoot's <laughs> sighting. Right. But um, not to say that's a bad thing. It just I just misremembered it, really. Uh, but um, 
yeah, this is pretty pretty impactful stuff. Moment of truth here for um, for Dylan, where uh, Brandon has saved saved his friend from himself. Now Dylan is put on the spot to save Brandon, quite little literally from a certain death. So uh, yeah, I like how things come full circle there. I um, also liked, I mean, sort of just these location shots we get in this third act of the show. It's, I mean, it's pretty scenic for this series. It's it's different, you know. This is not something we see a lot of for for this show. So um, I appreciated that. And um, like I said, could have done with maybe a little bit more of it, but I guess budgets being what they are, um, you'll take what you can get. Uh, yeah, wasn't. I guess wasn't totally ready for this to turn it into an episode of Rescue 911 at the end, but um, it does get the job done, and it says a lot about the characters. Uh, just strengthens that bond between Dylan and Brandon. Um, you know, we already know what they're about, and now it's just like they are going to be lifelong friends. And this is something that it's just a shared experience between the two of them. Nobody else has to really even know about it. And I, uh, I like that aspect of it too. So I like where we leave off with them. I like where they, we leave off with this episode. Um, and I guess I'm ready to start the school year fresh going into our next episode here. Yes, we will. But first we have some awards in the way, uh, Mm. best scene to me. Once it happened was pretty obvious. And that's Dylan saving Mm. Brandon from going off the cliff. My best scene was everybody just sitting around talking about life. Uh, mm. What is the meaning of life? What does it mean to you? Um, just, I, I really dug that stuff. I did have um, Dylan saving Brandon as the most important scene. Uh, yeah, I guess dangling off the cliff. Any scene with uh, Brenda looking super cute in her, uh, her uh, <laughs> what is it, uh, her woodland outfit was great for me, <laughs> uh, but dangling off the cliff. I mean, I mean, that's the thing I remember when I saw the like, that, that's all I remember about this episode. So I got to go with that. Mm, yeah. And I did really like Dylan's apology at the end to them. I thought that was mm-hmm. really cool, heartfelt. And uh, they acted, uh, they didn't just call him a, a saint really, but they, you know, they're like, yeah, you fucked up, but you seem like a good guy. So I like that a lot too. But I mean, you got a motherfucker dangling off a cliff in an episode of 90210. <laughs> I'm well, most important scene I went with Dylan drinking. Um, it's the first one he's had, mm. you know, since we've seen him get sober. Is it potentially going to start to show some weakness at any time he starts to feel stressed over his family or anything else? He's going to turn back to it. So nothing else to me really jumped out as like super important. And that to me is like the one that could really come into play later. Yeah, good choice. Um, yeah. I mean, Dylan really weighing in his love of. Donna, I'm oh, sorry, uh, Brenda, you know, mm-hmm. just reconfirming oh, it. Oh, imagine but, if he laid in his love for Donna. <laughs> twist. Uh, I, I mean, twist. yeah, I mean, Brenda letting him know it wasn't was a good scene, but it's not that important. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely the uh, the drinking and the love of Brenda, like a lot of Dylan stuff here, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, most 90s look, I want Steve's camping outfit, outfit, the plaid shirt tucked into khakis with giant hiking boots. Mm. Um, I was, uh, from the 1790s, you have that chick's nightgown that she's wearing. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, David is definitely wearing an American flag shirt. Yes. Also denim. Mm-hmm. Button up, button up mm-hmm. American flag denim shirt. Well, we're going camping. Yeah, yeah. Steve wearing camo shorts was odd because this is kind of before Old Navy had like camo shorts constantly. But uh, um, uh-huh. also Donna's shoulder pads, which I believe were also were actually supposed to be like bra stuffers in the beginning. 
was a very 90s thing. Because I don't – he says, why does anyone need this many shoulder pads? But yeah. people don't – shoulder pads are sewn into clothes. They don't – I was going to say, you don't really – So I believe I those are supposed to be something for her bra. And that doesn't exist anymore because yeah. Ross have boobs in them now. But, yeah. Well, whatever favorite. they are – yeah, whatever they were, I definitely had that down for 90s fashion as well. Also had Donna's <laughs> um, mom jeans where she uh, accompanies uh, Steve and David to the convenience store. Um, again, sort of – I guess that's her casual camping wear. Um, and just a lot of flannel, a lot of flannel throughout mm-hmm. this episode, which feels a little early for the heyday of flannel, but it is Beverly Hills, so – Maybe they they got a jump jump start on it. Never never mind had come out by then, so there we go. Yeah, yeah. Most nineties moment. I, I kind of cheated. I went the whole episode. Like <laughs> a lot of this episode wow. wouldn't happen in modern times. They'd have a GPS. They'd be more dialed into the weather. They'd have phones. Like it feels like it, a lot of this happens um, because of the lack of like technology and communication. Right down to them being trapped on the mountain, him falling. Like a lot of it to me. Like they'd be more in tune if it was modern day so just the whole thing felt very 90s to me mm-hmm. i got a few i got some more specific um there was a little some period shaming moments was probably a little 90s of a thing um mm. maternity leave discrimination that that guy is like saying like you're gonna you know that's that can't happen anymore mm-hmm. i don't think cheese is putting mousetraps anymore either um steve's yeah, van butter yeah steve well i think they just have those little ones that have whatever not trusting the weatherman like you said like that's the most like dad 90s fucking move in the world right like, ah that's not, i can't trust that guy it's, well they got mm, yeah they got things that do that how about um, um the uh the tenacity of trying to buy beer underage um mm-hmm. getting like even when to you buy get you caught booze. yeah even when you get caught you still don't give it up right and then and then trying to trying to find an adult to do it for you so even though steve is unsuccessful in this scheme it's just uh that's a very 90s thing. To, oh, I've to done that many to... times in the 90s. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. You get me a case. You keep the change, you know. You just hope that guy comes back out. Yeah. It doesn't stab you. And it doesn't drive off without giving you the beer. Well, you go to mm-hmm. you go to neighborhoods where guys have to walk to the liquor store. That <laughs> That's true. Uh, best lesson learned. Don't get involved in newlywed couples' personal issues. That's what I want with. If you try to fuck your wife in front of teens, you might get divorced. Um, pro- yeah, probably, probably not, uh, doesn't bode well for your marriage. Um, I went with don't leave your hiking boots, uh, mm. behind your sister's bed, uh, because <laughs> that actually had a pretty good payoff, right? He leaves the hiking boots behind, mm-hmm. you know, realizes it early in the episode, but that could have been the last word on it, but oh no, they circle back and make that an actual plot point. So well, even when Brenda's like not shaming Brenda for it, the plot shames Brenda for it because he has loses his one <laughs> right. sneaker. So they still yeah, have to make Brenda feel like a piece of shit, even though she's not aware of it. It's all um, her fault. Yeah. Lesson learned, too, don't trust old people to cop drugs or booze for you. It's probably another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trust the weatherman. It's like Google Maps. You can't beat Google Maps. Mm-hmm. The, the weather is usually right. And don't wear stupid no. hats. All right. Uh, let's see. Best hookup. I uh, went Neil and Allison, I guess, on the couch. We don't really have any, <laughs> any two other ones. I guess Brandon and, and Donna could go with Ooh, yeah. I'm um, going to go that. I'm Dylan changing is, mine. Dylan and Wild Turkey. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Brandon and Donna's Embrace and Kiss was the hottest part yeah. of the episode. For it sure. was a kiss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alright, quote I had. I have just one question. Are we having fun yet? That was Dylan when they get to the cabin. 
Uh, you could have had your lucky charms and not a cosmic jinx that was Dylan. At the risk of sounding like a sexist pig, I have to ask, is it that time of the month, Neil? Um, yeah. You guys have any other ones? Uh, I've got, it's, it's another Dylan. Um, my mom is a Looney Tune and my dad is in jail for God's sake. Just, I don't know. It just, <laughs> the way just his delivery was. There's a couple of like Adonis, Adonis It Takes Two to Tangle, Archie Bunker, Malapropism <laughs> yeah, was really fun. Um, or also, anyone know any good divorce songs? Like, she is, she's so good to put a funny line into situations. Like, mm-hmm. that's She's picked up steam the last couple of episodes. She's definitely definitely been improving. Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed that. And I, I did really love the, it's more the line reading, but Dylan and his uh, Alec Baldwin 30 Rock, Every Girl, <laughs> but one. Like, <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. Uh, all right, final grade. I, I liked this episode. I think it's above average. It's it's below some of the best that we've had, uh, but it was still good. I, I went six and a half out of ten. It was enjoyable. This is not a lot happens to drive forward, but we do get some insights into how some of these characters may act in the future based on those conversations we had. We had Dylan going to the bottle, so we did have a couple things happen, but uh, it was enjoyable. It wasn't wasn't boring or like a throwaway or anything. Yeah, it kind of didn't entirely hold up to my memory, but um, still good enough that I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, I, I do think it is still pretty foundational for some of Dylan's character and especially Dylan and Brandon's relationship. Um, everything else maybe is like a little throwaway, but I mean, this is one that anytime you, you want to do any kind of deep character insight, into uh, the mind of Dylan McKay. You, you got to kind of go back to this. Uh, I mean, between him falling off the wagon and, and having to save Brandon, um, it's a heavy one for him. Yeah, I, I would love you to do a category where it's like the scene I wish we could have seen. Because there's always those when you watch these shows. Like, I want to see those True. old people in the car hauling ass after they <laughs> stole Steve's money. Just yes. laughing at him like those mm-hmm. fucking kids. Like, or even the guy in the liquor store just telling Steve, like, get the fuck out of here. Your friend just bought tampons. You're at, get the fuck out. You ain't buying that old Milwaukee 30 pack. But uh, right. I think I liked it a little more than you. I'm gonna, all the girls looked really cute, and the ending was insane. And there was a lot of funny little lines in there. And I like the dazed and confused kind of hangout vibe. So I'll go seven and a half just to go a little higher than you guys because I really enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Trackers, real quick. Uh, there were no official songs in this episode, I guess, per our site here. So get that. Uh, characters and with the lodge owner, Neil and Allison. I think it's the only new people we get. Relationships. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. The old people. I'll put them. Old thieves just going old around. <laughs> uh, Yellowstone National Park. Yogi's got picnic baskets. They're fucking stealing money from rich 90210. Right. Uh, relationships. I put Brandon and Donna and Neil and Allison. Um, give them a little hug and kiss. I think it's enough to put them on the list. Places and things. I put Huckamuck Lodge and then the uh, the mountain cliff. I don't know if we get a name of the mountain over there, but it was a big enough spot. Huckamuck, Ridge, that... Huckamuck Ridge, I think it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I want the Huckamuck Massacre horror movie to come out. Uh... Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Throwing some kids off mountains. <laughs> All right, let's do our character rankings real quick. Uh, we have a record, I think, six non-appearances. So a bunch wow. of zeros here. Scott, Mel, Jackie... Henry, Nat, and I don't think we had Jim, right? He wasn't in this, so. Um, 
And then Cindy only had the one scene. Hey, so. He was he was in the scene with Cindy. I don't even think he had a line, but he was right. standing well, there at the least. That gets him six points then, which he needs to keep <laughs> because he's been near the top this season. So that's a big yeah. bump if he gets six over zero. Uh, Cindy gets seven points. I'm putting her next because she really yeah. had one, one line. All right. So that leaves us with our main crew. Uh, mm. Who do we have at the bottom? I hate this. I don't know, Kelly. I feel like she did the least. Probably did the least. Yeah. I mean, she kind of instigated that little divorce talk, but, uh, you know, I mean, David would, was way more annoying. He was more in it, but he was way more annoying than her. But I'd say those would be the two at the bottom. So how do you guys? Put David at the bottom. Cause he's fucking gross. You go with that, Tim? I'm fine with David at the Haven't bottom. Haven't you ever yeah. heard of Cinema Verite? Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> All right. We'll go David, Kelly, and then I guess Steve and Donna the next, or Andrea. Those three, probably the next. Yeah, they would be the next. Um. And what had better order, lines? Steve was more like a catalyst of the plot, like getting them to the liquor store and stuff. But Donna, I think I'd have too. Andre at the bottom. Yeah, she didn't do that. I would too. She didn't do that much. good. And she got a nice little uh, smooch at the end, but yeah. I mean, they, she and Brandon are kind of like the kid newlyweds, but Steve is the group dad, the mad dad at that. Mm-hmm. So and that he's tossing of, luggage. He's, he's the most fun. He's tossing those. luggage. Right, so we'll go Donna then Steve, Andrea, yeah. Donna, Steve. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. So then we got the three big ones, Dylan, Brenda, Brandon. How do we get those? I think Brenda three. Mm-hmm. Dylan one, Brandon two, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Easily. All right. Uh, Tim, I thought it would be. yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, anything you want to tell us about? Um, I would like to tell you to subscribe to this podcast as I often do. Um, you probably are sick of hearing that if you are subscribed, but if you are, thank you very much. Um, and you can reach out to us on social media. Um, I am on Twitter at psych six, eight. So if you want to chat me up about the show, by all means, feel free. We also have, a Gmail account that is uh, 9021noso at gmail.com. If we uh, haven't responded in writing, we, we will perhaps do it on the show itself, maybe a mailbag, something like that. But um, if this is your first episode, if you're just now hearing us and you like what you hear, um, please do subscribe. Uh, we, we definitely love to get those Ds and see them go up uh, <coughs> each and every show. <laughs> uh, we like to... We like to uh, get wood, you know, as uh, as Brandon and Andrea did from the newlywed couple, which could have qualified as a, as a great line if Brandon had said it. But anyway, um, yeah, we, we like to find you where you are on uh, social media as well. So if you if you've discovered us through like a, a Facebook group or, or Reddit, um, that's great. Again, feel free to reach out. We like to be very interactive. Um, we like to bring in. Uh, New and returning guests as well, um, which Rocco is one of. You're a three-timer now. I'm sure we'll have you for much more. But um, mm-hmm. is there anything you would like to promote and put out to the world, Rocco Martin? Yes. Um, I'll be standing outside the Huckamuck Heights Beer and Wine Depot buying money, buying booze for teens uh, up until awesome. November 25th, uh, okay. right around Thanksgiving. I don't want to go too deep into the holiday season doing that. Mm-hmm. I uh, I can be found uh, every other Friday on the North South Connection talking modern wrestling with uh, Ryan Grape Grape <laughs> Grape Ryan Grape. Ryan Grape. Is it coming other the flavors gra- or just grape? The Great Grape Grape <laughs> Great Grape Grape. 
great, great Gabe, Brian Gabe. Um, and Mike Rossi, Talking Modern Wrestling. I have a really fun time doing that show, and we have fun guests on there and talk about modern wrestling, which is something that I never would have enjoyed, thought I would enjoy as much as I've been enjoying lately. So uh, find me there. Or you can listen to my band, Chain to the Dead, or find our brand new beer that just came out if you live in the New York, New Jersey area. So there you go. Explain the wow. beer. Yeah. Uh there is a uh, brewery in Chester, New York, that uh, we are friends with. We've my guitar is known player is known a long time. Uh, when we started as a band, they asked us to do a collaboration where we chose the beer style, which I chose a coffee uh, stout with chocolate. Um, it is a ten and a half percent beer, uh, so Ooh. it'll uh, knock you on your fucking ass. And uh, every year we do a show when that beer comes out. It's called Chains of the Dead Beer. Uh, we do a show at the brewery with a bunch of bands and. Uh, uh, we've done charity events for it as well. We raised like almost like $4,000 this uh, last weekend for uh, a charity up there in Chester, New York. And uh, we do that every year right in the brewery and the beer comes out. And if you live in that area, you can get it. And uh, yeah, it's a really fun show. And it's just a really cool thing to, to have. I don't know a lot of bands that have. I, there's a bunch now that have them, but, you know, we're not like fucking Iron Maiden or Metallica. It's so like you hit the cool. big time, though, if you've got a dedicated beer, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming hopefully there's a bunch of DWIs with our, our beer there was a lot of people coming up to me at the show going jesus christ dude that shit put me on my ass <laughs> brandon would hate it yes and yeah and brandon couldn't handle it no. dylan would too as long as he's the one who gets to say he hates it yes I, I i i brandon cosplayed and said give me the keys to everybody that was at the brewery on saturday very good all right, here's our season two rankings. Uh, at the bottom, still Scott Scanlon with his measly two. Mel Silver with 12. Jackie Taylor with 18. Nat Basuccio with 21. Donna Martin at 41. Henry Thomas, Andre Zuckerman tied at 47. Kelly Taylor, David Silver tied at 50. Steve Sanders, Cindy Walsh tied at 58. Jim Walsh at 75. Brenda Walsh at 80. Dylan McKay at 82. And Brandon Walsh holding steady at 89 atop the leaderboard. Here in season two, Dylan really got hurt by those couple of missing episodes, just like season one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's once he starts to become it. more regular, yeah, he's going to climb. All right, here's our all-time rankings. This is this is every episode. Mel Silver with 12 at the bottom. Jackie Taylor with 31. Henry Thomas with 47. Scott Scanlon at 66. Napasuccio at 71. That's our bottom group. Jump up to Donna, who's still in her own tier with 122. Go up to David, who's at 177. Just above him's Andre at 190. We jump up again to Kelly Taylor at 219, Cindy Walsh at 225, Jim Walsh at 233, Steve Sanders at 239, Dylan McKay at 242, and then our top two still way, way ahead pacing the crowd. Brenda Walsh at 323, but pulling away from her here in season two now is Brandon Walsh at 330. So any, uh, any surprises there? Or you guys feel that's pretty much in line with what you think? Yeah, pretty consistent with uh, our trends throughout this season, I think. I, I do believe that Dylan is going to catch up because I I don't think he has any other absences uh, for the rest of this season. Um, so I, I, I do think at some point he is going to pull ahead. Uh, maybe that's just the, the Dylan McKay mark in me. Um, wanting to I don't know. I don't know. He, I don't know if he'll catch. I think for season two and future seasons, he'll be at the top. I, yeah. I don't know. Catching Brandon and Brenda in the overall. Is oh, be tough. overall, overall, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, I Maybe mean, the that when Brenda be... leaves, Dylan could catch right. her probably. But and um... then when Brandon leaves, if we're <laughs> God help us, like uh, 
if the, if the he will still be doing it you better <laughs> it's a very important part of my life um right. andrea uh, i keep saying her name like andrea like i'm a fucking idiot andrea and brandon hopefully if that actually happens can get knock brandon brandria andrea up yeah i'll just stop talking but yes okay. hopefully that that that, that <laughs> romance can knock him up a little bit into the uh, her up into the right a little higher great episode thanks for joining us we will talk to you back in three weeks we'll be back at west bev <laughs> Thank you, Rocco, for being here, Tim. Good to talk to you as always. A little dim sum, a little dem sum. We'll talk to you soon. Try to maintain. I can't stand the rain. I feel the wind. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine, ten. Begins. I sit on heels like Lauren until the rain starts coming down.